Welcome to a new episode of More Than Dice. I'm John. I'm Shirley. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> Welcome to episode 126, are we at? Uh-oh, uh-oh. 125? Is it 126? Oh, damn. I don't know what we are. You can turn up Kathy. 125. Are we at 125? Hold on, John. Someone figured out. Kathy's painting, so that's up to you, John. It's always up to me. It's always. better at that anyways. <laughs> Videos, we are on episode 125. Kathy is right. 125, yep. Thank you. Technically <laughs> correct. That that was fully correct. There's no technicality, technicality on that. Correct. Yeah, you're right. We are fully on 125 uh, today. Um, Kathy's gonna be painting on stream with Switch or the paint cam. You will see her wonderful, beautiful painting uh, going on while I work on uh, some uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol models. Uh, John will be making sure that we stay on time and on target. And then, um, that's going to be about it. I'm going to go and switch to the paint cam and get uh, everything going on that end. I went on to switch and do that later. So let me switch over to paint cam real quick. Let's see. There we go. That way you can watch Kathy's and, awesome hand. I'm going to try and make these glowy. Using make them paint glowy. Party time. Excellent. Party time. Excellent. Oh, I got a bunch of crap under my desk. Try to move out of the way. You should probably get her on that then. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go ahead and give out a good word to our sponsors. We want to thank uh, Metalhead Minis for uh, sponsoring the things we got going on and selling our product. Um, Lynn will be having some stuff ready for us a little bit. She's been working on a few things. Um, but we also want to thank um, Creature Caster for being super, super awesome with all their stuff. Um, pretty soon I will be working on a project with their stuff. Um, I just got to get off my butt and do it. Um, but what lately. project? Is it a surprise? No, it's not a surprise. I'm going to be painting up uh, some judgment models. Um, there's one in particular that I want to do called Piper. Uh, and he's a rogue that makes... It's. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen it. It is a model that has a rogue on one side of the wall and on the other side and like one of them is painted black and white and the other one's painted normal because in the game he makes a duplicate of himself um so i was gonna i was gonna paint that up because i was looking i really like that model that model's like one of my favorite that they do um but i'm gonna be using some stuff with their their paints i want to test out um because i got a bunch of their stuff um and then also excuse me i'm about to burp we want to thank uh, Muse on Minis for uh, hosting our stuff and putting it out to the masses. We really appreciate it. Also, mm -hmm. if you're going to be buying things from them, make sure you use our discount code, more than dice, all one word, um, and you can get a good discount on everything that you purchase. Um, who did I miss out? Tectonic Craft Studios, Dan. Dan um, is doing some really good MDF stuff. Um, he is working his butt off to try to help him make things happen. Um, go out and check him out. We really appreciate it. We all love Dan. Lots um, of fun terrain there. Tons and tons of terrain. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Did I get everybody? I think creature Cast? I got Creature Caster, didn't I? You started with Metalhead Minis? I don't think you got Creature Caster. 
Yeah, oh, that's right, because I'm going to be using their paints because I want to test out their transparent stuff. That okay, there that's, you go. That, that's where that model came in uh, on that project. I'm with you now. Yeah, so. Creature Caster, good stuff. You should check it out, honestly. Yeah, especially the models. Holy fuck. Yeah, and if you just want a model just to paint because it's a beautiful model and you want to put paint on a beautiful model, uh, they they have something for you, I'm certain of it. Oh, they're amazing, yeah. And a good group of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, uh, luckily, Banyan last night was uh, nice enough to stop and get me some alcohol, so uh, right. I'm drinking Dr. Pepper and Kraken. Nice. Banyan, you're such a sweet guy. I mean, otherwise I would have had to go out today, which would have meant putting on pants, and that's <sighs> such work. <laughs> such work. A fate worse than death. Yeah, pants? I think is your savior. Yeah, I mean... He's almost as cool as uh, our Lord and Savior Daka. <laughs> okay. Kathy, what are you going to be drinking tonight? I have some hot tea, Earl Grey, malt, and <laughs> I have a gin and tonic. All is right in the world. All we need now is for Gonzo to have some shitty, I mean, uh, new beer. Not a shitty beer. Some uh, shitty new beer? <laughs> I am going to be drinking a vanilla porter from Breckenridge Brewery. Um, it's not bad. I've had it before, so it's not like it's anything there. Not bad also means not good. It, it, it's okay. I would rather drink something that's not just okay. Yeah. But if, fair, I'm gonna spend like my, if I'm going to spend my calories and alcohol consumption on something, I want it to taste good. Though... On the beer note, uh, we were talking a little about it at work, and my uh, one of my people mentioned uh, that he loves MGD. And uh, I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's almost as bad as Natty Bow. He's like, I never had Natty Bow. I'm like, oh, God, are you in for a treat? So I, uh, I sent that to Rich Brotman, who is my uh, consigliere of beer, and uh, he's never had Natty Bow either. So next time we meet in person, I'm bringing some Natty Bow for... Uh, uh, Rich Broutman, he's going to enjoy the hell out of that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I've had worse. Definitely much worse. I mean, <laughs> yes. That was a, there was a tamarind and turmeric, I think, drink that we had at John Con. It was just fuck awful. Like, we split ways and no one enjoyed any of it. Like, I like tamarind. I like the flavor of it, but in a a beer? Was it a beer? It wasn't a beer. It was, it was, it was fuck awful. That's what it was. It was fuck awful. <laughs> I drank some. Cobb Scotty Potty drank some. And then we foisted the rest off on Rich Brown. <laughs> Apparently, that's what friends do. And then we never buy that ever again. And just, never ugh. speak of it again. I'm not going to drink it again. It, I think it was actually worse than Budweiser. Ooh. I don't like Budweiser at all. I'm trying to find a really good picture of Rocket that they have. Uh, it should be. It should be good. Just Google search Trash Panda. Yeah, that's. Well, I'm talking at the at the you know the model that they have. Oh, I never look at the model when I'm painting. I always go look at an actual costume. I love looking at, like, the comic books or something, yeah. Yeah, that's when you get the alternate paint schemes. Actually, me and uh, 
uh, one of the guys, War Machine guys, were talking about X War Machine guys were talking about it. How I, I he likes to paint them off the reference on the box. I'm like, Speaking I like to look out some of their uh, paint schemes in the comics and maybe something alternate. Look at this! Look at this alternate uh, Venom. I don't know if you can see that on the. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. It's it's like this. It's basically like this color that I'm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. really burns it out. So it's really this fluorescent sort of greenish yellow color. Oh. And uh, I'm gonna use that. He's got these glowy eyes on my Venom because. You know, no, that's, that's awesome. Because why not? I haven't painted him, so he's just waiting for the right moment. I'm, I'm actually glad that I haven't got around to painting him, so that I can do that color scheme that nobody else has done yet. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, like my my Modoc's a different scheme. My my uh, Iron Man's a different scheme. I've just changed stuff up when I can. I mean, I painted Vision a little brighter than they did. <laughs> parts because this one is a little brighter here so but back to the topic of drinks oh, yeah let's go back to our drinks um guys we appreciate you being here really it it means a lot to us um if you're not here but you're listening on some other device even better um we appreciate y'all coming in uh supporting us with any way that you can um if there's something you want to see or have us do let us know. Um, we're more than welcome to ideas of doing things. Um, so that is pretty much about it to everybody out there. Please be safe. Take care of each other. Look after each other. Cheers. 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 I'm put this over here. Slightly aggressive. Okay. Um, my Groot is pretty oh. much done. That does look good, Busy. That does look good. Just got to do the base on them, so... I haven't gotten Curtain Rocket yet. Actually, honestly, uh, with Vision no. just done and the Hulk right about done, I instead of Star-Lord, and then I own no other actual models from Marvel Crisis Protocols who are not painted. Just terrain. Uh, I need to get started on my terrain, too, but, oh, God, I'm not looking forward to that. That's a lot of terrain. <laughs> Uh, I've painted a car and some other stuff, so I mean, I've got a little start on it. I actually am kind of looking forward to it. It'll be a good change of pace. But I when I'm done these guys, I'm going to clean this area completely, put some stuff away, and then break them. I break out the train and whatever else I'm painting and go. Um, where's my Agrath Earthshade? Only you can answer that question. Uh, I mean, it's where you last put it. Up on the shelf where it belonged. Well, that's a good place to put it. I imagine you would have found it quicker. All right, I'm going to test out something on this real quick. Uh-oh. He's testing. That's too... So, we do we want to start talking about Games Workshop stuff? Do we want to talk about the 40K stuff? Or do we want to talk about other stuff? Let's get the, um, the letter they sent out recently. Because it actually did ruffle some feathers. Uh, yep, surprisingly. So I'm actually going to, gonna. I brought it up here. And I, I'm going to read the whole thing for everyone who's not plugged in social media or is boycotting social media, which I do not blame you at all. I've actually, I'm not on as much as I have been in the past just because I, I can't constantly take it all. 
But, yeah. uh, so letter is, Warhammer is for everyone. One of the great powers of our hobby is its ability to bring people together in common cause to build bonds that friendships and friendships that cross divides. We believe in and support a community united by shared values of mutual kindness and respect. Our fantasy settings are grim and dark, but that is not a reflection of who we are or how we feel the real world should be. We will never accept nor condone any form of prejudice, hatred, or abuse in our company or in the Warhammer hobby. We will continue to diversify the cast of characters we portray through miniatures, art, and storytelling so everyone can find representation and heroes they can relate to. And if you feel the same way, wherever and whoever you are, we're glad you're part of the Warhammer community. If not, you will not be missed. Now, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, most companies don't have to put out something. Most companies are just to, you know, get some stuff going. But the bottom part of that sentence, the last part of it. You will not be missed. That's, that's. As I just posted to in the chat room, that's baller. That is pure baller, and I fucking love it. Yeah. Because there are people out there who, are, who have their feathers ruffled by this, oh. who are like, oh, no, it's, you know, I, I don't know the name. I'm not going to say the name of anyone who maybe I might remember who's like this. Suggesting that, that like, they were somehow pandering to people? Yeah, pandering people, like, oh, you know, now you're just doing this because of the current social climate. Or it's not. I mean, there are people who are like, we shouldn't have girls playing 40K. They're just not up for it. I've heard all of the shit. Yeah. I've heard oh. all. Oh, Fuck I've heard those that. people. Fuck yeah, they can, uh, they can leave and never come back. I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, you will not be missed. And we will not put up with your shit. And people will be saying, you know, because we've had this at my work. And my, you know, you guys know I do customer service and all. And some of the companies we work with have put out very strongly worded messages of varying from, you know, you know, nicely worded to just downright as blunt as that. Um, and honestly, there are people who, who have, some of them have had overall good responses, and some have had responses like, oh, now you're going to take up the torch, and now you're going to see something political. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter when you get on the train. You got on the train. It's time to fucking stand up for this shit. It's never too late to stand up and decide, you know, enough's enough. We have to fucking start changing shit. Well, you know, what? one of the things you said uh, kind of struck a chord because one of my locals is like, oh, I don't like girls in the game store because they, uh, they, they, they cause problems in the game store. And I'm like, then don't come to the game store. Yeah, they have every, mu every bit as much of a right to be there as you. Yeah. And in fact, given that attitude, they have more right to be there because they are obviously accepting of your meathead ass. <laughs> meathead ass. I mean, shit. I am so done with that stuff. I mean, everywhere. I mean, it all, it really, it really gets my goat, let's say. Yeah. I mean, I did not have a good early week. It was very heavy shit. And, uh, well, I mean, it gets, it, shit. the worst part is, is we get picked on gamers, miniature gamers, and shit on by a lot of people just because of what we do. We don't need to be shitting on our I own can't people. Even, sure. I can't even say how many times I've heard people say to, you know, me or somebody I know, you know, that that it's it's not a serious thing. It's not a serious job. It's not a serious hobby. Uh, you should grow up. It's a it's a kid's thing. It's time for you to, you know, get rid of these toys and uh, and grow up. And, you know, my answer to that... <laughs> My answer to that is, look at all the grown-ups out there. Huh? 
Well, the world's like, going great, you know. You don't hear us doing, you know, for the most part, doing stupid shit like that. I mean, come on. What's interesting is that I was talking to somebody on ESO, um, and it was a younger person, and she's playing a video game and stuff, and she was like, well, what do you do for fun? And I was like, you know, I run a podcast, blah, 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 do all this other stuff. And she was like, uh, and we had grouped up with some random people to run this dungeon, and they were talking about stuff, and I was like, yeah, and you're playing a video game? And it was like, yeah, because video games are cool. And I go, I remember a time when Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff wasn't cool. And I got picked <laughs> yep. on and, uh, you know, people used to bully me all the time in school because I was playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is got to stop. Yeah. Just stop looking at what other people do and think that you're better than them because of it. Who fucking cares? They're living their life. You're living your life. It doesn't matter. Not I remember my, my dad was visiting. My parents were visiting. And I was playing Diablo. And he's like, man, I just don't understand how you can do that. And I'm like, well, Dad, it's kind of like how you just uh, sit on your, uh, your computer and play uh, Hearts or Gin or whatever card game on the computer with your fake opponents, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's the right combination of mental stimulus to keep us all sane in this yeah. world that's going so, crazy. When I, when I told it to him like that, he was like, oh, okay. Like, he didn't get that, but it was basically the same thing. Yeah, it seems so different, but uh, I will say honestly, um, the best thing about my mom my family has been how accepting they've been of all just the weird shit I do. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> they don't ever make fun of me for it. Never did. Not one of them. They're all very accepting. Um, a lot of them even, you know, like to hear about it and all. We'll occasionally, you know, see what I'm doing. It's it's wonderfully comforting to, to know that, you know, everyone's accepting of what you're doing. You know, she's moved heaven and earth early on to make sure I had all these hobby stuff and all, so... Yeah, so it's good that the companies are making the, making their uh, their statements. Um, I did hear some pushback on the Atomic Mass Games one, and you'll be... It's funny to hear why. Um, Someone basically just got upset, like, well, they just copied the one from uh, Fantasy Flight Games and posted that. To which I had to respond, you realize they're owned by the same fucking company. It's a company <laughs> statement. Yeah. Like, yes, if you asked... You know the guys in charge to put someone on there. It would have, they would have, it would have been worded differently. But they want to project a unified company front. This is what we're doing, and that's common. Don't be upset. Be happy that so many companies are coming out and saying this. There was a time they wouldn't risk sales for it. Uh huh. And, oh, yeah. and, in, and in COVID time, when everyone's sales are pretty much down, unless you're making masks or hand sanitizer or toilet paper. <laughs> um. It is a hell of a thing to basically say, oh, hey, you're an asshole. Go fuck off and take your money with you. So I haven't I used it. my uh, contrast yellow in a while. And look how, look how it's separated. I mean, it does that. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like a very, very big. Do you have uh, uh, stainless steel ball bearings? I put one in. Yeah, there is. I, I love I love those things. Just putting them in paint to make it all shake up properly. Especially with the contrast paint, you let them sit for a while. Oh, yeah. You might be able to get it otherwise, but, excuse me, the ball bearing helps a ton. 
But yeah, so GW made a hell of a stand, and I love that they did, um, because that is a very powerful statement, and it's from the biggest dog in that in the miniature gaming world. Oh yeah. I mean, FFGs is well worded and fine, but they did not nearly slap those fuckers across the face like UW did. <laughs> and hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of people who maybe just don't realize it, you know? Maybe they didn't realize they were being asshats. It's easy. You and your buddies are having fun and laughing at the expense of other people. You don't think about that. Maybe this is what makes them think about it and makes them better people. Well, like, I always think there's a chance that someone can have that realization moment and be like, oh, shit. Let me try and make positive change. Well, it always cracks me up because we, when you and your buddies are at the game store and you're giving each other crap and, you know, you're like, oh, you fucking suck, you know, or whatever. You're just, you're just razzing each other because you're, you're good friends. You can do that. And then mm-hmm. someone else comes in and they see that. They're like, wait a minute. Not that we can't, it's just there's a perceived notion. I was like, I don't want to play that game. Those guys give each other a lot of shit. Well, what you should do in that case, if you see someone doing that, you should be like, oh, we play together all the time. This is standard for us. Yeah. But some people, you know, like I said, some people don't understand that. Or send the guy in your group who's, you know, the most level-headed and, and to over and like, oh, hey, you want to play a game? And then you play the most, you know, the best game, you know, you be totally, you know, good opponent and everything, it shows them it's not all the same. It's, you know, we fuck with each other because we can. So, But I thought that was interesting. I mean, the, the ending statement is the best part of it. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Yep. Literally. If you're not going to be, you know, tolerant other people and, 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 and everything, Bye. I mean, more of that. That's, that's, I mean, that's where we're going. This might be where we finally start getting social change. And I hate ostracizing anyone. I'm a big inclusion person. But uh, if you're a piece of shit, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go. <laughs> because, I mean, you've already proven you don't want to change at that point, And we don't want you here. Is what it is. So aside from all that, they also have thrown some spoiler-type things for the new edition of 40K. Uh, I, and before we get to talk about that, I want to break this down. Which more controversial than, than that. <laughs> I, I want to break this down. I want to break this down into the concept of... It's from gaming playpoint, gaming rules, and how it affects the game, to also how it con- affects conventions. Because uh, we, we kind of hit on that a little bit on our own, you know, us type oh, thing in our, in our chat. This is easy stuff. This but easy I, but I want to I I break it down like that. So, John, what did they change and how did they change it compared to what's, you know, the old stuff? Well, we'll go with the big one, the, the controversial one, let's say, which is the change of the minimum play size area. I would like to reaffirm the minimum size of board to play on. So all of the boards are, uh, uh, they're now uh, 44 inches by 30, 60, or 90 inches, depending on what size game you're playing. So for those of you keeping track and doing the math, that means the middle port, 
would be 44 by 60, which is not quite 4 foot by 5 foot. So it's just under, it's, you know, 3 foot 8 by 5 foot. And someone noted when they look at all these that they are literally the size of multiple kill team boards put together. So if each kill team board is 22 by 30, you can take those and make, you know, 44 by 30 pretty easy. You can make, you know, 44 by 60 pretty easy. You can make 44 by 90 pretty easy. So... Everyone's up in arms because, oh my god, they're changing the size. I'm not going to cut my mats. Good lord, I've got tables already built to the proper size. They can't do this to me. <laughs> what this means for tournaments. Fucking nothing. It means nothing. Well, I... A, it's taken out of context because we don't know what else it says in there. B, it's a minimum size. Correct. A minimum size. So if we were to say the, the minimum size is the new standard... That they want people to play at. Let's go from there. Because if they say that they want all games to be played on a, you know, the 44 by 60. Because that seems about roughly. That means your table edges are each side. You also deploy two inches further in. Correct? And play a foot less. Am I thinking that right? Uh, oh, for 4 by 6? Yeah. Yes. yeah. But, I mean... Because that's what like, like, most everybody plays on a 4 by 6 Like Lysera says, standard. you know, extra edge on the side for drinks. Yeah. Let's be right. honest. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. Like, or a place to roll dice. For, for right. dead models, because if it's anything like us, when down by where you guys play, they spread to all available surface area. There'll be 40k guys with models on the table behind them. We're like, guys, you need to move these if you want to play a game. You know, so having some space on the edge... You know, like when War Machine players are forced to play on a 4x6, and they throw out their 4x4, and they got two foot for extra shit. Mm -hmm. But I I think it'll make the, the, the games, I mean, everything's going to escalate a lot quicker. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the things that we were talking about that I mentioned with a friend of mine is if you're playing on a, you know, less than four foot by six foot thing, you're playing on, you know the 44 by 60 inch, you're kind of playing that anyway because there's also not much, not everybody uses it all at the same yeah, time. Few people use the the last six inches of the table edge on either side, and at a certain point, no one's in the rear with the gear in their deployment zone. Yeah. Now, what does this mean for like people that have like all their mats and, you know, tables built for four by sixes? Just... Nothing! I mean, nothing really. Nothing. I'll tell you, as, as someone that runs a convention, if I had bought, you know, all these mats or 4 by 6 or whatever for a convention, I would like, all right, here's a piece of tape if you need it. And and, and block off the extra inch you need, you know, extra, extra 12 inches on the side to say, don't play in this area. This is where you store your dice, your models, whatever you want. Um... So let's answer some chat room. Uh, Crimson said, 22 inches is a weird number. Why did they go with that? Um, because kitchen tables. 22 by 30 for kill team goes on a kitchen table and a lot, most tables, folding tables, very nicely. So that's why they chose that. It, it, it fits on a lot of spaces you don't normally get. Uh, and then they just went with a multiple of that for 40K, which is a good idea. I mean, 
uh, for multiple levels. Again, it's a minimum. You can play what you want. If it's on more tables when it's shorter, it is actually amazingly hard to find a four-foot table. This four-foot across. It's actually quite difficult. Um, so that's all good ideas there. And plus, they're going to sell them the game boards because they're selling for Kill Team, so that's going to help everyone. You're going to have more game boards available. So that's all good there. And then, uh, of course, uh, Legionnaire says, uh, scissors, scissors, scissors. Ah, yeah, you can scissor the side of that if you want. If you've got that mat and you don't need it for anything else, do what you want. There's no harm in leaving it there, though, unless, of course, your table is less than, you know, 4 by 5 or 4 by 6 Um, Overall, I'm very pleased they did that, as I mentioned when we were talking about ourselves. I am all for the killing and slaughter of any sacred cow. Because it's only a sacred cow if you realize there's a better way. Now, as a convention and stuff, they can work around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it means less terrain, if you think about it. An extra... A little less terrain, yeah. A little I mean, less it, terrain. It means the same terrain. It just means it'll be more impactful because it's spread over a smaller area. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that you, we were when someone brought up is... They're forcing people to play a lot closer and get things done a lot quicker. And I was like, okay. So, of course, you know, I play Tau, and that's a huge, you know, all right, you're in range already type thing. And so. Also means it's closer to them murdering you in close combat. Correct. Because there is a change coming, I'm sure, about close combat because they've got all these new close combat units and things coming up on uh, that we're seeing on different models right now. Well, it, every edition, it it ebbs and flows. You know, one edition will be gun lines or fun lines. The next edition will either be a little more balanced or it'll be uh, skulls for the skull throne, plus the blood god. That's sort of the levels they tend to go in. Very rarely, very few points do they hit the nice middle ground between the two. Um, uh, Legionnaire says he likes to be heard about the new train rules. I haven't heard anything about the new train rules, but again, I... Most of this dropped off before I decided to take a little, uh, not a full hiatus, but a little uh, scaling back of the uh, social media for my sanity. Um, but I did hear they are changing command points. That's going to be a lot more like the current edition of Age of Sigmar, where you don't get as many. It's all based on how big of a game you're playing. So you're no longer building efficient groups of teaming up just to get more command points. I got doing like the uh, the Rusty 13, I think it was called, or something, which was uh, basically a minimum detachment of Admech to get more command points. <clears throat> and then you just go and spend them all on your Space Marines anyways. Oh, I, Legion says no true line of sight. That's good, because true line of sight is not the way for a, uh, not way for a game to play. Okay, now... I want you to describe what true line of sight is because some people don't understand that. Um, compared to <coughs> line of sight and true line of sight. If you can see it, you can see it. If from a model's eye view, you can see it, you can see it. If, you know, Gazgothraka has the biggest banner pole that ever did banner pole, you can shoot him from across the universe because tech that banner pole is part of the model and it's time to get shot. <laughs> so does that mean now um, you have to see the base? Don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to guess it's GW. They they tend to be the big innovators in a lot of stuff. 
<clears throat> I mean, there's a little time where they weren't, but they are back to innovating. So I, I don't want to say I'm hoping it's, you know, standard sizes. Um, there's always been a lot of rules, like you have to see X amount of the model, which gets a little weird, but that's a little more, a little more uh, favorable to hiding models. True on the site brought us the addition where someone actually paid me more money than the current striking scorpions are worth to get the old ones formed from me because they were all crouching down and low so they could use cover more effectively. Yep. Which is the epitome of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, their trade rules were an afterthought to the last set of 40K. It is probably the second biggest problem with the 40K as it exists right this second with 8th edition is the, the trade rules. They're poop. Um, as we are talking about the command points were the other big problem, and now they're going to fix that. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot more, you know, if you want to take a second attachment, you're going to spend command points on that second attachment rather than getting them. Well, for each attachment, apparently, though, you get it back for your first one. If it's your Warlord's in it, you get that point back, which is interesting. And then it'll be, it sounds like it's going to be a lot less abilities to go on eventually. We're not just going to remake all the codexes or anything right away. They're going to do a slow unveil. I'm sure there'll be ways of getting them, but it's going to be less... I think it's going to be less command point things to spend on. <clears throat> so it'll be a little more impactful, a little more even. You won't get out-command pointed in. Um, yeah, no more Space Marine Captain attachments. Yeah, those things are crazy. Um, it should be interesting there. And also, apparently, they're changing the whole sort of objective system uh, where in order to score the objective, you have to hold it during your command phase. So you have to hold it at the beginning of your turn. Not the end of your turn, score a bunch of points, and then, you know, you, know, you throw your guard squads in, you score your points, they get murdered, you go, let's do it again. Because I can do this all day. <laughs> now you actually have to put a giant blob of guard in and hope they hold their ground long enough to, for you to score that shit. <clears throat> and then, so that's a really good thing. And apparently there's going to be secondary objectives that you choose throughout the game. I haven't heard a lot about that. I'm waiting for some concrete details. But it's all very interesting stuff, you know, because their scenario play for 40K was solid, um, but not amazing. And any increase to that, like the random card ones, when you had those, were, oof, those were a pain in the ass. I don't know if you played with those at all, Gonzo. Uh, I didn't play with the random ones. Yeah, that's the the random ones were crazy because you start getting like, oh, I got to kill all the psychers. He's in the rear with the gear. We'll not be scoring that this turn. You know, I kind of like the idea of it, but it wasn't fair. They should have all had an out, you know. Yeah, well, what if, if someone doesn't have a psyker? I mean, <laughs> I need to kill all the psychers. Well, my admech looks at you confusedly and continues to uh, shoot. Because we don't have that shit. Yeah. You might say, homie, don't play that. AKA Tau. Tau, Admech, my knights. I mean, I have to go all the way into my space, my Death Watch Marines to actually get a Psyker. Should I take one? And I don't always. So, having more chosen ones that you can do, and if you have to hold them till the beginning of your next turn, making you choose them mean they might actually be doable. No more, you know, this whole, you need to kill a unit. Well, that's going to be pretty easy. Or defend objective five. Oh, well, that's another side of the board, another wasted one. 
they were good ideas, but they weren't all great. Uh, I could see a lot of room for improvement, and I'm interested to see what they actually end up being. I am, even though every time a new edition comes out, it costs any of us who wish to play the game a fair chunk of money, I am all for it because their last edition was a good improvement over 7th. And what I hear so far is good improvements over uh, over 8th. And we're still in the early stages. We haven't heard any like other like actual gameplay gameplay rules changes, so... No, we've only heard just the basic stuff that it's just. And the thing is, is, it's being released a little bit at a time. Well, yeah, yeah, they want to keep the interest high, uh, especially right now in COVID time. Um, so let's say, um, for example, uh, Gonzo, you may not know, the new edition, the newest set of uh, Transformers TCG came out. And? I have no excitement for it. <laughs> I mean, how. I. Mean, I I don't play it much right now because if we do, it's just me and me and Banyan. He did buy some packs. We did a little sealed with it, and it was not a good sealed pack. Uh, I mean, somehow I won both games, but I don't know. Um, but th- this whole global pandemic is sapping a lot of excitement from hobby stuff. You know, unless you're really interested in what's coming out, it's it's hard to stay hyped. Like you know, Banyan's hyped for the whole. Uh, Thanos' little punks. He's hyped for them because he likes those guys. So that's cool. But, like, I'm not hyped for anything that's coming out for that. I'm not hyped for any releases for any of the games. Well, because you can't really... I mean, you can't go out and do anything. Yeah, It'd be different if you're like, oh, yeah, I've got these new models. Okay, I can go out and play them. Thank you, man. They're called the Black Order. And Legion is a sapping physical energy, too. Yeah, it's hard to stay physically and emotionally and mentally good in this time because everything changed suddenly. You know, you go one day you're walking around normally, next thing you know, everything's fucking closed. So, I mean, it is what it is, and it's for safety, and it's good, but it was definitely a big uh, shock to us, and... Even some of the introverts are realizing, like, hey, I'm not so introverted as I thought because I kind of like some human interaction once in a while. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's... We talked about motivation a couple episodes ago, and I find my motivation slipping. I mean, luckily, like I said, I have models for days. I can paint models till the cows come home. I just gotta worry about getting paints, and since we seem to be on the slightly reopening path, that'll be better, but... It's hard to put out a new game and new anything. Like, Black Widow should have been out. Oh, yeah. No one noticed. I mean, theaters are, I mean, they might die. Um, I On that note, AMC just said something about that, that they don't think that they'll be able to uh, survive after this. Well, that's because... So, human nature is a fuck of a thing. We don't like change... <clears throat> and theaters have been sort of chasing chasing profits rather than innovating for a while. You know, the theater experience isn't really getting better. In fact, with the expense of everything there, it's technically in a lot of cases worse than going home and just watching it on your giant TV yourself. Or, you know, I can watch a movie on this monitor right here, and it is huge. And there are certain things you're always going to see in the theater. 
or want to see. You know, James Cameron puts out the next Avatar movie. Yeah, you want to see that shit in the theater. It's going to have amazing graphics. But, you know, something like a, uh, a No Country for Old Men or a Gran Torino or one of those, you don't necessarily need to see that in the big theater. You're like, hey, this, this. So they need to start innovating rather than just doing same old, same old. And if they go away, hey, it's tragic, but sometimes things go away. I have always said that since, you know, streaming has become, you know, the way of everything, that eventually, you know, movie theaters are going to have to compete with streaming of straight-to-video type thing, like, mm-hmm. what has happened? And I'm yep. like... And I know, movie, I know the movie companies are trying not to do that because they, <clears throat> they want the theaters to stay because that's... If theaters go down, they have to change their entire paradigm. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think people want theaters to stay. Like, if you ask me, yes, I want theaters to stay. I would love that. I don't want it to change, but it might. You have to prepare for that eventuality. <clears throat> uh, and maybe some of the companies go under, some of them don't. We'll see. A lot of things are going to change. A lot of places are going to close. Some places, new places are going to open up. It just It's going to be a while before things are really normal. Uh, I think more companies missed the chance to release their movies for a premium price streaming um, because I think people would have bought it. I totally would have watched Black Widow on my TV for, you know, 15, 20 bucks. I just spent that at the theater anyways. Yeah, I you think know? also some of them are still worried that even though you would have paid fifteen or thirty, you know, fifteen to twenty dollars, that's fifteen or twenty dollars, and it would have been four people, you know, a ten, ten, not not truly, but that's well, you know what some people right now. It's not really true. You, I mean, only now are we getting to the point where we can congregate again in most states. Um, if they had done it during the peak of pandemic, it would have been one or two people for twenty bucks, and they have to decide if that's worth it. And I know some of the movies. They're already produced, so it's not worth it. But we'll have to see what what it, what it comes afterwards. I mean, everything's going to be weird for a bit. You're not going to see, you know, game stores with actual game rooms open for a while. Because, you know, as soon as they do, everyone's going to be back in there, and that's dangerous. So we need to be careful with it. Well, I know a few game stores have started allowing people, but only a certain amount of people. Yeah, like our game store allows 10 people in. Uh, actually, the one game store in Annapolis, uh, they actually gave up their space, their gaming space, for a while. Like, it's going to be at least a year uh, before they can get it back, potentially. So, that's what I heard. I don't know, Banian's actually been down there. He could tell me for sure. I forgot to ask him. But, uh,. It'll be all. It'll all be weird. It'll all be crazy. We'll have to see how it goes. I don't think the theater experience is dead. I think it might. It's already been. They've already been ramping it back because you're not filling theaters anymore because they make the seats bigger. Um, you know, they've all gone for less capacity and ostensibly better quality. But you guys will all think I'm weird. I actually don't like recliners in the theater as much as I like just a wider, nicer seat. But I'm crazy like that. Because everyone's like, oh, it makes you, you, you put your feet up, you feel at home. I don't put my feet up at home, generally speaking. It's not super comfortable. But I'm crazy like that. 
And there's, I mean, there's a guy I follow who does artwork online. He's he is all for the whole streaming as the new, you know, not replace, but the new, you know, add-on. I mean, how many people would just don't want to leave their home because they don't like people around them? I have a coworker who just she's like, I never see a movie in the theater because I don't want people around me. I mean, how many times have I talked about shitty experiences in the theater? At least once a year, I have at least one shitty experience. Yeah. And see, that's me. Uh, if, for example, they would have said, all right, we're, instead of, you know, releasing Lord of the Rings in the movie theater back when they did, if they said you can stream it from home, I would have stayed home and watched it. Because that I was a, theater. But, I mean, I have a system, a surround sound system that can handle it, you know, that would give me the experience I'm looking for. And, and well, the TV absolutely. but, but I not feel everybody does. Tentpole movies that you need, you would need to still see in the theater. And see, I would have rather said, okay, I could re- I could watch Lord of the Rings, you know, The Fellowship of the Ring on my own TV in my own room and not have to deal with people. I'd do it because to be I, fair. I there's been too many times I've gone to a movie that I was really really interested in that I was super, super stoked to see and, you know, wanted to enjoy it. And it, I wouldn't say it's ruined, but it's been annoyed by the people around me. Yeah. The little kid that wants to pull out his Switch and play a Switch game while people are watching movies. Um, (laughs) My watch. (laughs) Or, you know, people bring out phones or people talking, you know, that type of thing. And that that would bug this, that, that bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, but that's people violating the the spoken the, the the social contract of going to a theater, and I mean, I generally don't get the manager. I tell them to shut the fuck up or turn off their phone myself because if I have to get up, they're giving me a refund. It's that simple. And I have the problem, but there's still movies that I would see in the theater because the overall enjoyment. You do not get the energy of Avengers Endgame at home. You don't get it. And see, that you was. Get it. In the theater with everyone. That would be because you know I, I I thought about that because there was something about watching it in the theater with other people that were there to watch it and enjoy it mm-hmm. in the theater, and where you know there's there's a difference. We've always said there's a difference between people that go, oh wow, that's fucking cool. To hey, Betty June wanted to come over and watch TV with me, you know, and blah blah. I'm like, bitch, shut up. I don't have a problem with a kid or an adult, you know, saying something interesting or wow or, you know, excited about the movie. Don't talk about your life while you're watching the movie. Right. That Take that shit someplace else. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's well, that's, I mean, aren't we just talking about now what's wrong with the world? Selfishness. Yeah. It's not, people don't want to be racist for the most part. They're just fucking shellfish. I don't want to have to stay home because you said COVID's bad for me. I want to go out and do my thing. I'm an adult. I can make my own choices. They're thinking of themselves. They're like, I'm prepared to get the disease and do what I want. They're not thinking that they might give it to someone else. But you know, when they talk, when they when they post these stupid comments on these these videos, oh, you should have stayed inside. Please ask you to. They're thinking selfishly. I would have. You know, they were like, I would have done that. Like, no, you fucking wouldn't have. You already can't stay home because it's threatening people's lives. <laughs> you are going to stay home because the fucking police tell you to? You're not fucking going to do that. You're going to bitch just like everyone else. But they're not thinking of that. They're thinking of themselves only. They're like, 
They're, they're, they're just not capable. And it's not malicious. In most cases, it's not malicious. It's just selfish. Human beings are selfish. We look after ourselves first, in most cases. That's why the truly selfless people are so goddamn amazing. Because they don't look for themselves first. They look for other people first, themselves second or later. And it's it's amazing, and it's why some people look at them in shock and awe, because they can't fathom it. But, I mean, it's be interesting to see how this stuff all changes. I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes in the world. The world is a crazy place, and we were hit with uh, a couple things in a row that are all... I know that um, I did see something, and it made me laugh. If somebody had a um, uh, bingo card of uh, things happening, and, you know, you could mark off the bingo or whatever, and, like, one of them things was, you know... Cthulhu comes back and you can, you know, so on and so forth. But there was one on there that just made me crack up because it immediately thought of you, John, was that they finally reached the butthole version of Cats. And um, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why like, do you think of me? I'm not going to watch it. No, but we talked about it. <laughs> I was like, that just kind of cracked me up. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yeah, when, when is that supposed to come out? Next year. Next year? Yes. Next year on HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I, I don't... Oh, I'm I, watch I, it too. I will have access to HBO Max at that point. I have access to HBO Max, and I was like, oh, when is that coming out so I can I'll watch it? I'll have HBO Max, so I'll be able to watch it then. So I'm going to watch it. So I, I'm interested to see it because, uh, like someone said, like it's not like it's a director's cut of a movie. It's literally a movie where the director had a tragedy and had to leave to take care of said tragedy and another director had to come in and take over. And while I like the director who came in and took over, generally speaking, more than the original director, I still would like to see his original vision for it. And I actually like Justice League. It was a perfectly acceptable movie. If it came out in the 90s, we would have called that thing the fucking best superhero movie ever. <laughs> but it didn't. It came out after a lot of movies that were a lot better than it. Yeah. Well, I was was watching, uh, or I saw a video on something, and it said that if, that, the, you know, The Lord of the Rings is a movie that came out that hit the perfect note at the right time, and it's going to be hard to reach that pinnacle of any other franchise. And I was like, I can see where they're coming from because that was that, that I don't know. I feel like Avengers at game hit like hit as much or more than the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But they're talking about as an overall trilogy type thing. I mean, yeah, it's always going to be hard, but I mean, People say it all the time. You know, people are like, oh, no one's going to beat the trilogy of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, whatever. I mean, so it's only, un- it's only unable to be hit until someone hits it. Someone has the right, you know, makes the right movies for that. It'll happen eventually. Eventually, there's somebody's going to Maybe make not in the fantasy genre. I think in the fantasy genre, your ass, like... <laughs> I think the reason we're not seeing it in many fantasy movies right now is because they're like, well, we can't do Lord of the Rings, so what the fuck are we doing? Because well, all the a TV show coming up. Yeah, 
but like all the fancy movies that came out after Lord of the Rings were just not good enough. No. We're like, oh, fine, but you're not Lord of the Rings. Like fucking what Aragon, which is not a great movie, but if that had come out prior to Lord of the Rings, that would have been looked upon much better. I'd be like, that was enjoyable and kind of fun, and now you're like, wow, you ain't that good, dog. I mean, or something like Beastmaster. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, mean, I was just waiting. Lord of the Rings, you're like, this isn't really epic. This is kind of lame, actually. I was waiting oh, for the Beastmaster. I like got the Beastmaster. Moondog, hey. <laughs> I was waiting for Lord of the Rings or the Beastmaster comment to come through. Look, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the release schedule either. It's yeah. weird. I was thinking about that because I was watching uh, some backlog of videos. Legionnaires backs me up. Thank you, Legionnaires. It's fun to feel like it. Yep, and it's, it's on. Not... But, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see what they're going to do with the backlog of movies. I was watching something on my backlog of YouTube videos, and after the deep dive into Batman vs. Superman... Dawn of Justice, which was interesting to hear them talk about it. Um, they were much more favorable than I was, but uh, they also had to come in with the point of don't come in with the expectations of this being a Superman and Batman you know. But the parts that are terrible really even stick out, even when you're trying to be nice. Uh, they talked about Marvel Phase 4, which is the current phase we're going through, and, you know, what they're doing. And I'm like, I don't even know when they're going to start it. It starts technically with Black Widow, but... Yeah. I've seen Barbarian Brothers. I, I don't want to see Barbarian Brothers again. It is not good. It's worse than it's worse than Beastmaster by a good stretch. Doesn't even have Kodo and Poto in it. I mean, that's already taking it down a notch. We kind of went off a little sidetrack on that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> typical us. I don't mean to go off on a rant, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's typical us, though. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 sort of standard for COVID time. It's There's only so much topics to go on. There's so much out there to... There's so much we can talk about. We're all so scattered because there's not really any focus to anything right now. If there's a focus, the focus is, like, staying safe, which should be everyone's focus. I am definitely looking forward to getting some games in, though. Um, I do have a friend of mine that is buying, of course, all the Space Marines that's coming out uh, in the new box. And he was like, I think I want to get rid of the Necrons. I'm like, I'll buy them. Did you talk yet? Hey, Baneon, I'm talking to you. Rumor has it he owns Necrons. It's not really a rumor, it's true. Oh, okay. Shoo. Um, No, I was looking into the, because he was going to buy like three boxes, and I'm like, I'll split those boxes with you. Because uh, I'm kind of looking forward. I, I like some of the new Necron stuff. They look really cool. I don't care what the rules are, just the models look really freaking neat. I mean, space mm -hmm. skeletons. They're robots. I would totally paint those. I will send them right to your way, Kathy. Ha, ha, ha. 
think we had this discussion. <laughs> yep, once. We did. It ended uh, with her not painting them and sending them back. And uh, with which, me laughing. Which, by the way, Kathy, uh, I should be getting my um, uh, Adepticon swag. And supposedly there is a Hulk in it. Would you like to do a Tartan Hulk? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Well, let me know if you do that. I can take something off my list. I've been looking for a cheap one on uh, Amazon and uh, eBay. Could have talked about that last week. Yeah, supposedly there's a Hulk in the... Um... Oh, that's really dark. In the... Um... VIG. Con. Yeah, not the VIG, just the normal. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. I, I got a Hulk. I got a Hulk. We got a Hulk. He's, he's, uh, he's actually just about done. Yeah, I mentioned I that saw. earlier. I saw, yeah. I am pleased. I'm pleased. I'm glad those are going well for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I got them mostly done before summer fully hit because summer always makes it difficult to paint. Because it gets hot. It gets real hot. It got to 94 here just not too oh. long ago. I was like, oh. Our first hot day, which was, I want to say, Wednesday this week. Or someday last week. It went from zero. It basically went from, you know, maybe tickling the 80s to 97. Yeah. That's kind of what it did here. It was like, like oh, it's nice. and Like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Same thing I, it does every year here. And I was fine. from it's nice to, oh my God, am I in hell. Yeah. I was fine until after uh, after I stopped at the grocery store. It was Wednesday then, yeah. Because I, I, you know, I'm pretty good. I get in the car. I'm like, eh, it's warm. I'll turn on windows. Traffic's still pretty good, luckily. Knock on wood type object. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, Get to the get to the grocery store, go in, they see you, and then come out, and I'm like, "Oh God, it's fucking hot." Yeah, I stepped out because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take my puppy for a walk and let him get some exercise." I'm like, "Oh hell no!" Came right back inside. I was like, "Oh crap, where'd that come from?" Because the 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 day before it was you know nice <laughs> outside. Oh. John, so you know what I'm looking forward to? Chinese chicken. I mean, maybe. Are you sending me Man something? Split? That also. <laughs> they are open, actually. Bainey on uh, Daily Scoop is open. They may not be open right now because it's Sunday, but they are open in general. So I got wings yesterday. So, uh, no, the uh, Cowboy Bebop live action that Netflix is doing. Uh, I had a tiny little tease for it uh, that uh, one of my buddies shared, and I was like, oh, so looking forward to it because the eye is so cute. Uh, I have not seen that tease, and you better like link it to me. I mean, it's just the tease. I don't just, care. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is my favorite anime of all time. And I am so looking forward and scared for the live action. Because um, it's... Um, what? It looks good. I mean, the, the, the actors all look like they're pretty good about them. Pretty good uh, representation. We'll see how it ends up. I know they're running a little behind because uh, I think John Cho hurt himself a little bit because he's doing his own stunts. Ooh. Which I respect that because that's a good uh, 
good show of professionalism. You know, we talked about we talk about stuff like that. Uh, like I talk, we talk about uh, Tom Cruise. Maybe absolutely nuts, but man, is he a hell of a professional. Yeah. Well, I know that so. I'm I'm really looking forward to that on um, uh, when it comes out because I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan, and also the live action. Um, uh, Airbender, um, Avatar. I mean, didn't they try that once? Heard it didn't go well. Correct, but this is going to be a Netflix series, um, and made by the original crew. And they specifically said that they are bringing actors that are appropriate to uh, the actual characters. And I'm like, and it's going to be a TV series, which is going to be interesting because that means it's either a going to be covering new stories. Uh, what's the timeline going to be type thing, but I, I'm looking forward to it at least. Hopefully it's going to be good. Fingers crossed. Okay. Which uh, kind of brings me into a segue for the media section um, <laughs> yeah. because it is that time. Uh, do, Kathy, you can continue painting. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, we'll just leave it up there then. I don't care. I don't need to. They can look at your beautiful paint jobs instead of looking at my ugly face. Um, the one thing that came up recently, and this is one of my things in my media section that I wanted to bring up. Um, they, I'm going to take this off, are doing a live-action version of The Black Cauldron. And, of course, Disney's turning everything into a live-action. But I'm kind of curious about this one because the Black Cauldron is not your typical, you know, Disney film, if you know what I'm saying. That's putting it very lightly. Yeah. It was not your typical Disney movie. It's so not typical Disney. They never played on Disney Channel, so as of I've never seen it, I've only read the novel adaptation of it. Um. Now it does have some Disney, you know, s stuff to it because I never read the I never read the novel um, because when it came out, you know, I was a teenager and it was like, oh crap, this movie looks really freaking cool, you know, blah blah blah, and it's a Disney movie. It looks pretty dark for a Disney movie, and I saw it and I thought it was really cool and it was really neat and watched a lot of behind scenes stuff and I rewatched it not too long ago um, because it's on Disney Plus. Um, but I'm got a color in the wrong spot, but I was like, mm, why are they doing besides a money grab of, you know, no, 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 stop remaking the black cauldron live action is not a money grab. You don't think so? No, no one fucking cares about the black cauldron. <laughs> it is the definition of a fucking just cult classic maybe to some people i mean remaking aladdin remaking the lion king well yeah those are money grabs those are the big names remaking the little mermaid money grab those are the big names remaking the black cauldrons like the fuck (laughs) that's what i thought was kind of weird because not many people know about it not many people (laughs) you know but make it animated do what they're going to remake The Black Hole next? Just make it animated? You know you would go see it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in. I'm totally in. But 
I know that the black hole is a cult film that only a handful of people really truly love. Yeah. I'm two of them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's weird that it's weird it's really weird they're doing it, but it's definitely not a cash grab. Well, because if you think about it, the Black Cauldron is definitely a weird Disney movie. It is not your typical, doesn't have the songs and the dance and you know, blah blah blah. It's a little dark. It is. It is really dark. Um, I never read the book. I probably need to read the book. It's like Secret of Nim Dark. Yeah. Oh, I love Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim is amazing. Or the original Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Yeah. Fair. I read the original, I read the book uh, quite a while back to my fourth and fifth graders. uh, Because, of course, we didn't have enough copies for everybody. So I read it and then we, we did our schoolwork on it. And the kids were like, this is trippy. This is like weird. And I'm like, yeah, it is. This is not your, you know, because we did a compare and contrast with the um, movie and the book. And people were like, the movie is kiddified, is the best way to put it. And it's not very kiddy itself. No. It's a little dark for kids. Yeah. I'll be honest. You don't want anyone under, say, middle school age watching that shit. Yeah. Because, I mean, the movie was a Don Bluth film, which is still an amazing... I still love that movie anyway. Um, it was good. It was really, really good. And then you got um, the... Uh, oh, thanks, Danny M., for hosting us. We appreciate it. Um, but the, the one thing that... The book... It, it's kind of like the Watership Down. It doesn't pull a punch. type thing. So I'm kind of interesting to see how they take this movie that is not your standard typical Disney movie with songs and all that and make it live action. Are they actually going to, you know, make it dark or are they just going to let it go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are they going to, are they going to Disney fi it? The best way to put it and make it with song and dance and stuff. Yeah. Oh, be interesting to see. Worth keeping an eye out for, but uh, it's a uh, it's a it's an odd it's an odd play by Disney. Yeah. But then again, with the relative dearth of fantasy out there, you know, it's not unwelcome. You know, Disney's going to do good quality. They always do good quality. So we'll see how it goes. I, I'm interested at least because it's it's one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, that kind of is a, a hidden gem, um, and so I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it, whether it goes good or not. No fucking clue. I'm hoping it goes. Give me a good second. Though. What are you looking up? I'm gonna see if it's on Disney if uh, if the original's on uh, Disney Plus. It is. It is. I watched it recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the original's on. Next to my favorite movie, The Black Hole. Yeah, there's a ton of good stuff there. Well, it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, you type <laughs> the black, and you've only got two choices. Stallion and hole? No, cauldron and hole. <laughs> and stallion. Is stallion on there? Well, uh, it is, but, well, no, only the young black stallion, and that's after Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> I think their search engine needs a little bit of help. Yeah. 
So, Kathy, what did you watch this week? So, I watched uh, two movies yesterday. Uh, much like John, was it John, no, much like Gonzo, I wanted nostalgia. And uh, so I saw Lady Hawk. Oh. And Buckaroo Banzai. Ah, uh, even funner. And it, which I mean, I've seen both of these a few times, but oh. it it had been a long time since I had seen Lady Hawk. Not quite as long since I'd seen Buckaroo Banzai, but oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> I'm and oh my god, I love Lady Buckaroo Banzai sometimes. I mean, uh, Buckaroo Banzai, fucking, I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. That's that's one of those nostalgic classics. <laughs> the definition of a cult classic, it is. Yeah. You could put that on the cover, like cult classic, Buckaroo Banzai. Yep, yeah, that's it. Much. And always at the end when it says, you know, look for the next adventure, I'm like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, I know. I made the same face, John. You just and, made. <laughs> and I love the uh, and I love the whole ending with the uh, the music playing and them just walking. It's just, it's uh -huh. a fun way to end the movie. It's uh, that is totally. I mean, that's an underrated movie by a long stretch. I just think it's too weird and quirky for the average person. So cool. I just I. All the things about it. I mean, yeah. Buckaroo, the 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 genius inventor, scientist, neurosurgeon, musician, <laughs> race car driver. Yeah, stuntman, race car yeah. driver. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. From what I understand, it's actually based off sort of the idea of Doc Savage from back in the day. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I'd love to see Doc Savage get a good modern rework. That'd be good. But, I mean, I just like that guy. It's, it's generally fun, never too heavy. You know, we got some moments that are a little heavier, but I just got a, I got a cast that all sort of know the movie they're in and just roll with it. They know they're not supposed to be taking this seriously. But, but they're not making fun of it either. No. no. That's, the That's the thing about so many movies. They, they know they're not supposed to be taking it serious, but they make fun of it. That's the difference. If you take it seriously, but take it full camp or full, you take it to 11, you know, you get like, uh, I was like to say Orlando Bloom in that one through Musketeers movie where he's playing uh, the English uh, Duke and he's just fucking full on campy <laughs> villain mode. You're like, he knows what movie I he's in. I saw that one. That's I, the one with the, that's the one with the airship cannon thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I enjoy that movie. Is it great? Probably not. <laughs> I enjoy the hell out of it. I haven't seen that in a long time. I own it on DVD. It was worth the money. Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai is great. I love it. I own it on Steelbook Blu-ray because I love Buckaroo Banzai that much. It's a good one. Does it hold up? I mean... I mean, is it dated? Well, of course. It's a very 1980s movie. <laughs> But that yeah. just adds to it's almost like it's a period piece. Yeah, the, it's funny. Everything. The only thing that sort of maybe dates it is using a payphone and shit like that. <laughs> it doesn't really look out. It doesn't feel dated when you're watching it so much. It feels like a period piece more than anything. Yeah. 
It's not like it's set to be in any sort of time, and then the cars and everything going on doesn't match, and your mind's like, what's going on? It's, it, it, I think it holds up fairly well. I've seen it relatively recently, because I don't know more. I agree. But Lady Hawk, Lady Hawk I have not seen in a while. Oh, yeah, man. I haven't seen that in, in quite some time, and... Uh... You know, when we were talking about fantasy movies and Lord of the Rings and stuff, and I'm like, I love Rutger Hauer. Oh, and that movie is amazing. I love Rutger Hauer. And Michelle Pfeiffer. And Matthew Broderick. And, uh... But they could could remake that. It's not like Princess Bride. They could. I like this movie. I really like this movie. But if it was remade and they did it right... It could be even better. You, you'd have to get, you'd have to really get the cast spot on. Yeah. But yeah, I could see them remaking it. I mean, they don't need to because it's a fancy period piece. But I feel like everything they've improved in filmmaking in the thirty years since it, thirty plus years since it's come out, Jesus, um, <laughs> would go a long way to making it just better. Yeah, because unlike Buckaroo Banzai, this movie, it is dated. Yeah. It's a and little... it has some of the crazy, cheesiest... Now, Banyan says you're going to watch it. You, the two of you are going to watch it. Um, and, uh, guess we're going to watch it, you'll, you'll notice the music. I noticed it. Oh, I'm yeah. like, the music, oh my god. People, there's an article I read, and Lady Hawk was on it, and they mentioned the music in it because it's very off-putting. Yeah, it, it's different. It's jarring. It's jarring. It's, it's not, in my opinion, it's not as bad as uh, A Knight's Tale, which I cannot watch through because the, mu- the music immediately completely disconnects me from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is definitely, uh, wasn't it Alan Parsons' project on this? <laughs> no clue. But that, something that definitely about it is the music was definitely... It, it's definitely like... Kind of that weird prog rockish. Yeah. Oh, not even. I mean, it's just straight up eighties oh, cheesy eighties music. It's a synth, yeah. Like, yeah. It, I mean, it was like uh, any any eighties action TV show, like A Team, you know, whatever. Just pick, and there'd be like a chase scene or something. Anytime the horses were galloping across an open <laughs> plain, play this. They would play this music. Yep. Oh, shit. That's a Richard Donner film. And, and I was laughing. Also, some of the costumes, I mean, you, you, I couldn't help but make comparisons, you know. Some of it was really cool, and some of it was just I bet like, nuts. Those are, some, those are some good classics, though. I mean, Lady Hawk, I haven't seen that in forever, and that one, that one's a good fun movie i'm curious what you rate them both i mean obviously i know what you should rate buckaroo bonsai but i'm I mean, not yeah right zero space herpes i mean that's like just one step below casablanca <laughs> on that scale i'm not gonna argue with you <laughs> yeah. um, the Lady film was produced by alan parsons yeah yeah for lady hawk i thought so oh. Boom, memory. It's not as bad as I thought. <laughs> Ladyhawk rating, sorry. But yeah, I, I, 
I give it one. I might give it two, but I give it one. Because the music is, is kind of jarring, and some of the costumes are a little, eh. But I, I can't help, I mean, the cast makes up for it. Oh, yeah, Rucker Howard is at his, I don't know if it's his best, but it's close to his best. I mean, between this and Blade Runner, you put those both up as his best, and uh, then you yeah. go from there. What was that one movie? Oh. No. You guys talk. I'm gonna look, try and find this movie. <laughs> I can go with my nostalgia movie since we're doing we're running down that track right now. Sure. Um, I, I was flipping through Netflix and I was at house. I was at my house and I was like, "Oh, this is I haven't seen this in a while." So I started watching it. I was like, "Oh crap! I have to go visit uh, some friends." So I went and visited friends. I'm like, "Hey, we're eating. We're watching this movie, and we're starting it over because I was about 45 minutes in." And it's one of my guilty pleasures because it's so stupid and so funny and just idiotic. And that's clueless. Um, if anybody knows, it's um, it's about a movie about high school kids. And it came up with some of the best stupid lines of any Valley Girl type movie ever. Um, has Alicia Silverstone and Brittany Murphy... And a few others. Oh, Paul Rudd, isn't it? Oh, I can't remember. I'm looking it up too. Don't don't ask me. I've never seen this movie. Oh, okay. So this movie is. I mean, the do you know why I haven't seen this movie? Because it's a high school movie. Because it's a high school movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't pine for high school. I don't find those kind of movies enjoyable. Like. The closest to a high school movie I get is Breakfast Club because I feel like that speaks to me more than most of them. Oh yeah, of course. Well, Breakfast Club is that's just amazing zero space herpes type movie. But it was a it was just it was a good turn my brain off, laugh at stupid shit, and laugh at stupid lines because there's some good classic lines like you know whatever and all this other stuff that's in there. But I realized that Alicia Silverstone has not aged one fucking bit. Oh, uh, she has. From recently, she doesn't look like she's aged very much. She's kind of like a Cindy Lauper. Um, but I mean, I, I watched it and I, I still enjoyed every minute of it. It was still funny. It was still great because I was quoting lines and excuse me as I burp. Um, just having a good time with the movie. And to me, it was just good, stupid fun. Um, but there's plenty about this movie that is... I'm watching it and I'm like, the cell phones. You know, they've got the cell phones where you pull the antenna up and it's like the Motorola, you know, beat, you uh-huh. can beat someone with it. Um, and like the TVs and, you know, the technology. And you were like, I remember when that was the shit. Um, and the clothes and everything. And I remember when people tried to dress like that, you know, um, like the, 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 the movie and everything. And I just enjoy the hell out of the movie. It's on Netflix right now. Um, it's, to me, it's, it's a classic, um, movie on so many different things, especially one lines and, uh, different lines about different things. Um, I really enjoy the hell of it. It's, it's like I said, it's one of my guilty pleasures because it's so stupid. Um, so I give it zero space RPs because it's funny. Um, but I know some people, you know, will tank it, but I mean, like I said, it's one of those movies and you can't help it when it's a guilty pleasure. It just makes you feel good to watch it and just turn your brain off type thing. So, 
Um, that was my trip down memory lane. Well, my only movie was on trip down memory lane. It was actually a recent one that I just poking through. I saw it was on Amazon Prime for free, and that is Hotel Artemis. Yep. Which uh, I remember seeing, hearing some things about, but not much. And uh, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, I actually feel like uh, it might not be the best watch currently because it is set in a slightly future L.A. where they've privatized everything and, uh, you know, a company shut off the free water and people are rioting and the police force is privatized and they have permission to shoot people if they're out after curfew. So that's a little hidden close, close to home. home. These days, yeah. yeah, but it's not a big enough part of the movie. And it is still nominally in the future that it didn't really hit me too hard. But it's basically just the idea of it's a uh, hotel safe house for criminals. You know, you keep your membership. When something goes bad, you go there, you get a suite, they take care of you. And then you get to go on after you're taken care of. Uh, Jodie Foster plays the nurse who's in charge. Um, it has uh, Dave Batista as the orderly. Uh, Everest. And he's kind of amusing. Um, he's not doing a lot in it, but he's he does the right amount with what he's given. Um, Charlie Day is one of the pl- one of the guests. Um, let's see. I don't know the black actor in it, unfortunately, because I haven't seen him in anything before this. Um, and then Jeff Goldblum's in it later, and so is Zachary Quinto as Jeff Goldblum's son. Jeff Goldblum's like the... Uh, he's called the Wolf King of L.A. He's like the head of the all of the crime stuff in L.A. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those standard movies where you got a bunch of different people and they're all sort of uh, everything's coming together. Uh, what is her name? Uh, Sophie Butea is in it. And then Sterling Brown is the one general, the one black actor in it. He does a great job. I actually really enjoyed what he did in it, honestly. He's sort of the main protagonist, and he's just likable enough for a criminal that you you enjoy what he's doing. Um, it's a very short, very small cast. Uh, takes place mostly inside that hotel. Uh, it's very enjoyable. It's only about an hour and a half long. Um, I would suggest watching. I don't really want to s- spoil anything in it. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is kind of a spoiler, but you'd know that if you watch any of the any of the things for it, he shows up in it. And Jeff Goldblum is always fun to watch in movies. Uh-huh. And Jodie Foster, I mean, she doesn't usually do a movie like this, so it's a little weird, but it's it's a good, feels like a sort of, you know, solid, solidly uh, supported independent movie. And I enjoy the crap out of it. Uh, I am going to give it about one space therapy. I would suggest you check it out. It is on... Um, it is on... Uh, Amazon Prime for free. Yep. Uh, it is sort of that sort of crime, everything, all these independent people come together, and the stuff sort of comes to a head, of course, as it always does, and then crazy stuff starts to happen. Um, but, yeah, definitely give it a shot. Um, my last one that I have, because we don't have a lot of time left, is uh, I watched, um, turned on Netflix, and I was like, ooh, I remember when this was on another channel, and I wanted to watch it. Um, and I totally blanked on what season and all this other stuff, thinking it was like Amazon original, or Netflix original, and I was like, no, it's not. This is from like the History Channel. 
and it's a series called Alone. Uh, Alone is a competition where people are dropped off in the Arctic and have to survive. Uh, they're allowed to bring like 10 items. Uh, they're not allowed to bring certain items or so on and so forth. Um, and they're dropped off by the production company and said, survive. Then the last one standing wins $500,000. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be rough. And, of course, you have your cast of 10 people that are, uh, you've got your range from, you know, the, and I'm, I'm putting quotes around this because that's how they were, you know, the hippie to the survival guy and all this other thing. And um, this big old gruff, you know, grizzly bear of a man was like, oh, I can do this. I can do this for, you know, a year straight and stuff. And uh, in three days he was gone uh, because he ate something he wasn't supposed to and got food poisoning and had to uh, be pulled out because he just couldn't take it. Um, and then there was a guy that actually was like in the military and this is what he does is his job and had to be pulled out because he was like, you know, I do this as a job, but I know I'm going home or I know that, you know, I can, I'll go home in a certain amount of periods. I'm not staying out here for, you know, I, because the, the contestants are actually told that this content, this may last a whole year. It's whoever can stay out the longest um, type thing is what they're told. And you know, like, I do this for a living. Fuck it. I'm not going to do it for this anymore. I'm out. Correct. Pretty much. He was like, yeah, I've done it. I've proved to myself. Um, one person uh, put an arrow, was carrying an arrow and it went through the back of her leg. Um, one person. How do, do How do you do that? I don't even know because they have to film themselves. They're not. Nobody's filming them. They have to do it like the old Les Strauss uh, Survivor Man. Um, so they have to document and you know so on and so forth, uh, all on their own. Um, one of the thing is is the uh, production company goes out and checks on them. They have a doctor check on them, make sure that they're okay. Every so often, check their BMI levels, you know, heart rate, all that stuff to make sure that, you know, they're not getting in that, you know, really bad area. Um, there was one lady, um, she, she actually kind of, you know, mental fatigue, you know, she might have had some things going on and they pulled her because her BMI was way too low. Um, but like she took a rabbit and of course she skinned it and ate it, but then she made her own little uh, teddy bear out of it and the way she was acting about it I was like mm, she may be losing it a little bit because they came out to check on her during uh, on Halloween and she had a skinned rabbit face using it as a mask you know in front of her face going happy Halloween and I was like whew it was, well, God, it was, so, assuming it's not scripted and it's probably scripted uh, this one you're still, you're still talking about people who are willing to go out in the wilderness for up to potentially a year. Correct. They're all probably not right in the head. <laughs> and it is probably scripted. Most most reality TV is scripted. Um, well, this one, when you watched her, it, you can tell that she just wasn't all... It, she acted like she wasn't all there. Whether she was or not, I don't know. But definitely, she was a little on the loose end. Um, there was one guy, uh, this guy that was on there, I think his name's Jordan, if I remember correctly. He cracked me the fuck up. He was a guy that just was living his best life out there. Uh, he had killed like, you know, 10 rabbits and stuff. 
and you know, had eaten them and taken their skin. And he'd made actually a rabbit vest. And he was like, and now for the Arctic 2019 season. And he's doing the little uh, catwalk down to his camera and doing the, the, the music with it and dancing with it. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> what is it called again? It's called Alone. Um, it's originally on the History Channel, I believe. Uh, and the one they show on Amazon is actually season six, not season one. Um, and the guy that, uh, the one guy, the guy Jordan, he actually killed a moose and killed a badger. Um, <laughs> it, but it, what, it was really neat to see how these people were surviving as they were making things and doing things and, you know, building nets and traps and, because uh, they were not allowed to kill foxes. Because uh, I guess it's protected because it's a fur-bearing mammal up there. Um, so they that was one thing that they couldn't kill. But almost everything was fair game. Um, they were all spaced out far enough that they couldn't interact with each other. Um, but I was... That's that's what I was telling you when, I, when, when you messaged me about playing. I was watching that and I was enthralled by it. I was really, really liking the show. Mm. Um... There was one guy, the one of the guys that was like the macho man. He was like, yeah, we have a bunch of hippies out here. And, you know, I, I'm going to respect their wishes. And I'm going to ask the tree if I can cut it down. And he gets like really close to the tree and goes, I'm going to have to cut you down. Thank you for, and he was just like going off and just, he was like, does that sound stupid? And then he got taken out in like three days into the competition. <laughs> um... But, I mean, it was interesting to watch. I really enjoyed it. I think it was really cool. Um, it was fucking cold there because it got down, I think, at one point to negative six. Uh, not counting wind chill. Um, one guy, uh, he had to tap out because his uh, log cabin he built or whatever caught fire in the middle of the night. And he had to wait like six hours before the film crew could come and get him. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, because he, he was like, I have to tap out. There's nothing I can do. Uh, because they all are given a sat phone, and they can so tap out. You have to, did you have to build your structure oh, yeah. yourself? Yes. Okay. They're just given, like, this big plastic case with all their stuff in it, and, like, backpack and clothes and all this, and dropped off and said, Liv, if you can't make it, here's your sat phone. Call us. Um, I think they can't, I don't know how often they went out and checked on them and checked their BMI and stuff. Um, but the second to last person tapped out on day 73 and she was like, I have to tap out my body function. She hadn't pooped in two weeks or whatever. And, you know, she was just worried about her health and she's like, I just have to, there's the money is not that important than my life. Um, so she tapped out on day 73 and they let the other the other guy stayed out there till day seventy seven, and they finally came out and got him. Um, I don't know why they came out and got him. If it was like, okay, he's been out there long enough, let's go and end it, type thing. Um, but I did read some up on stuff because he, like I said, he had killed a moose and had a bunch of food and such, and so he actually got to you know they actually him and the crew actually ate the meat that he had you know saved up and got himself going uh, through the winter there. Um, he was happy because he got to leave before Christmas. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I really miss uh, like Survivor Man. I thought Les Strauss was a really great uh, survivalist thing. 
Uh, it was really entertaining. And this one was, it was more entertaining than anything else. Um, I wish they, I, I actually set it up because they have a new season coming up pretty soon. Um, and they're doing like a million dollar prize. Um, and they're going to show that whether, when it's been filled, and I have no clue. But, I mean, socially distancing, that's social distance. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. I was really, I was enthralled. I liked the people, the people, because I, I bet on two people and it was the last two people that were there. I was like, this person, this person is probably the one's going to make it because this person's not stupid and this person knows what they're doing. Um, but I, I set it up to watch the new season and I can't wait to see it again. Oh. So, um, guys, actually, I probably went over, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. Not bad. You're rambling. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I was because I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's good. So, guys, we want y'all to be safe out there. Look after each other. Um, if you have your social distance, you still got to do, which everybody should be doing a decent amount. Just be safe. Look after each other. Help each other out. Um, if you need anything, want anything, all of us are here to help you out. Don't forget, Kathy streams Tuesday through Friday uh, from 3 to 5. Uh, also, I will be streaming on Friday. Uh, if you follow the Warfare Weekend uh, page, there is going to be a uh, War Machine and Hordes battle on War Table between Travis Marg and Zeke uh, from the Minority Report. Um, their lists are posted, so it'll be kind of something y'all can see and do whatever. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of fun with it last time. Um, so go and check that out. Um, other than that, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm Shirley. I'm John. Good night. Hey, here's the music. If you're not dancing, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. <laughs>